It's the Games Beat Decides podcast. I'm Jeffrey Grubb. This is a little bit different. Instead of doing a full episode right here, we're actually going to break up this episode today into two chunks. Uh, this one's going up right now, and it will involve the best new gaming universe discussion for our Games Beat Rewind 2016. Um, later this week, we'll do the full Game of the Year discussion with me, Mike, Jason, and Dean. And uh, tomorrow, uh, after this podcast, the second half of this podcast that me and Mike recorded last week, where we discussed the best new gaming publisher, will go up. So you can catch all that right here on this feed. Thanks for joining us. I'm going to let you guys go. Get right into the show. Thanks for listening. Uh, I'll catch you next time. It's deciding time, and I'm, oh my God, Micah, welcome to Games Beat Decides Podcast. It's your annual source for 2016. We're looking back at the last year. Uh, Mike is looking back at in his room, um, and he's drinking a beer, and we're not going to judge him. He's a, it's, it's the East Coast. It's probably like 11 p.m. there. It's practically Christmas time. Hey, you it know, is practically Christmas time. Right? That's a good I point. got a nice, nice Christmas ale from Great Lakes Brewery. Uh, uh, I do miss an Ohio Lakes. tradition. Yeah, it's, that's one. That's one beer that's hard to find out here. They're very big on their Colorado beers in Denver. So if I was like, "Do you have Great Lakes?" They're like, "No, we Wait, no don't. believe." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they give me a dirty look. Um, I'm your host Jeffrey Grubb, uh, and this isn't your typical episode. Uh, we're going to be looking back at 2016. This is going to go out on a Monday. Uh, we, we're recording it on the Friday before Christmas. Um, I just wanted to kind of give you guys a heads up in case like something big happened, like Nintendo released the Switch on Christmas instead. Uh, that's the reason we're not talking about it. With me is my cohort and my subordinate, Mike Minotti. Well, I got my Christmas Switch, that's for sure. What, what was your cri- Christmas wish? No, Switch. Oh, you got your... <laughs> Switch. You know, I was doing a thing. I... Yeah, you did a thing and I didn't get it. I no, can't hear you. You, you, were just like, you just completely ruined it. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad I did. Mike, you got any Yo. big Christmas plans? Yeah, let's hang out with you know family a lot. It's gonna be fun. Yeah. Do, do you have any favorite video game related Christmas memories? You know, Christmas not so much. Christmas, it's uh, the things I remember are actually getting the games themselves, not necessarily playing them. Um, sure. Like I'll, I'll I remember, that's kind of what I meant. Yeah, I, I remember getting like uh, like a, I would always get a game for my birthday and a game for Christmas. I think I got like Punch Out for an early Christmas when I was young and. Um, <laughs> I don't know, a couple of Super Nintendo games, maybe. I think I actually did get a Super Nintendo was the one cr- big Christmas console I got. Um, otherwise, it was usually for a birthday or something else. Yeah. Like How about you? Um, the one like console I can really remember getting for a uh, birthday was a PlayStation 2 because that was still pretty hard to find that year it came out. My dad did a thing where like he had us all open like before we got the console, he had us all open present at the same time. It was like the PlayStation Two controllers and that old ugly yellow mm-hmm. packaging that they were in for some reason. Yeah, and it was like at first we were like, "Oh, our dad's dumb. We don't have this system," you know. <laughs> then we opened the PlayStation Two. That was, that was it's, it, it, it. It is cool when you get that new system, especially back then because you didn't have, like download updates. You just like plugged it right. in. And it's like right. you know, there you get that. You kind of you mix Christmas with that feeling of playing a console for the first time, which is always fun, right? Right. It's one of the reasons I think. I really like Christmas is because I associate it so much with like setting up the new console or, right. or like putting in that new game for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think Thanksgiving, I think I associate actually more with playing games because it's like a long weekend. 
and you sit sure. down and you could play one game for that entire time. But Christmas, I don't know. It's, it was Joe always just kind of getting the stuff and hanging out with family. Um, but yeah, this year, like, yeah, you're hanging out with family. Me and Steph are in Denver and she's super pregnant. So we actually, it's the first Christmas that we've been out here. We're not headed home. So I think right. as long as she doesn't go into labor, uh, I'm, pr- I'm probably going to play a bunch of Christmas related video games. Uh, I want to try that Hitman stage. They did a Christmas level for that. Is there, Man, uh, I can do. you think of anything that like stands out in games like Christmas, like events? The only you know? one I can think of is Christmas nights. Yeah, that, I'm definitely going to play that was yeah. awesome because that was... Uh, for people who don't know, Knights was like the weird 2D flying platformer with some 3D platforming sections. Yeah, yeah, that was on the Sega Saturn. It was like kind of there, like, you know, Sony had Crash Bandicoot and Nintendo had uh, Mario 64 and Sega had Knights. And it was <laughs> such a Sega game at that time. It was just so yes. kind of weird. And they released a standalone Christmas version of the game. It was just like the one level with a lot of like fun unlockable stuff like Christmas presents, like Christmas like things and mm-hmm. you can even unlock this mode where you played as sonic running around in the world in 3d which at that time was a big deal because he hadn't had a 3d sonic game it was just like it was really cool it was like the first time i like ever had like a christmas game and it just actually right it just came with like some sega magazine or something like you didn't have to buy mm-hmm. a game you just bought a magazine you got this thing it, it kind of worked as a demo in a weird way but it was, it was right. really creative and cool like they had santa claus flying around and his sleigh in the background yeah, it stood out in a way that uh, you're right. It, it was kind of basically a demo, but it stood out way more just because of the the Christmas stuff. And uh, yeah, so that's definitely what I'm gonna boot up. I'm wondering if I'm gonna have to emulate it because um, I for some reason I feel like I remember Nintendo and Sega so, released it on a Wii or Wii U a few years ago. But right, maybe I'm making I, that up. I don't know. I have my Saturn plugged in right now. I'm not super sure if I have Christmas nights. I, I think I do. I think I could probably play it on Christmas. Yeah, so that'd be yeah. fun. You'll have to like set the date on your Saturn and make sure it's right. Cause I'm sure it's exactly. not exactly. Um, okay. We're going to get into stuff. Uh, we're going to talk about the, like I said, a couple end of year topics, best gaming universes and best game company. Um, before we do that though, I want to let everyone know you can get more of us on gamesbeat.com. Uh, you can get always email us at games plus podcast at venturebeat.com. That's the plus sign in there. Finally, if you like what you're listening to, subscribe we're on itunes we're on google play we are on many of the the pod catchers uh, the, uh, for catching pods um and yeah if, if you're on itunes please leave us a review it's the best way for people to discover the show so yeah mike i think we should yep. jump into it uh with this first topic the best new gaming universes uh and i've actually let's see i've all right did have a couple <laughs> sitting right over here to the side let me bring it back up think there we go all right that actually worked out well um i've kind of just written down a couple to get us started but before we do that i'm wondering if you want to add anything of your own to the list nope seems about right we'll see if we go along so i think you and i feel pretty strongly about what might win here (laughs) maybe we should start with that one (laughs) um maybe we should start with a couple of these others before we kind of get into that and i think the one i i would probably want to start with is the witness now i i guess we should define gaming universe i Really, I want to talk. I wanted to have this topic so we could kind of talk about games that weren't part of a franchise until 2016. Right, um, and it's kind of hard to be like, what, what is that like? Best, best new game or best, best debut, something like that. It's hard to like define that topic. And I think this is a good uh, best new gaming universe. Kind of feels right, but I also feel like it, it maybe implies that the like a game should be bigger than what it maybe is. Well, and that's kind of like what I think about is I think about a game that's going to have some sort of longevity, right? Either with that game itself is getting a lot of new content or, you know, sequel potential, franchise potential. 
So that's kind of one thing going against the witness, right? We don't really expect there to be a witness to or right. like some sort of and like I, witness. And I don't necessarily necessarily know if I want that to count against the games. If it's not, like, if it doesn't feel like it's going to be like part of like, I don't want to imply it's going to be like a cinematic well, you're, universe. So you're saying like, like the best setting for an original yeah, game? Yeah, the best, kinda. the best setting, like the best, like, like something like, we haven't yeah. seen before. Exactly, kind of just originality, uh, and yeah, basically in the in, in the environment, but it could be characters and stuff like that as well. So. With the witness, I will. I'll say that it did stand out to me that it is. It feels very different from a lot of other games out there. It's no, quiet, yeah, you're right. Very, very beautiful, um, and I, I really appreciate that. Uh, kind of, especially in this year where we did have so many shooters that were so great. To kind of have this very opposite first person experience. Um, I thought was, a, a, you know, it was it was a relief almost. Yeah, my relationship with uh, Witness was strange because I reviewed it right. I think it's an example of a game you don't necessarily want to review because yeah. to be on that deadline with like those puzzles and just like, you know, it's not a game. And I don't think you really want to play for six hours straight. A lot of the time you just kind of get that fatigue. And so I was almost kind of frustrated with the game while I was playing it. Um, it's, it's something that when I look back on it, I kind of do look back on it more fondly than maybe when I was actually playing it in a way. I think part of that is because it was such a different game than almost anything else I played uh, this year. And a lot of that was that, I guess, you know, I still kind of have this complaint where there was a lot of mystery to that island that, and kind of mystique to it that didn't really have a payoff, or at least the kind of payoff that I wanted it to have. Right, yeah. Which, so it's like kind of cool, like at the time, like, oh, what does this all mean? And then very slowly, I'm like, I don't really think it actually means much of anything. I think it's yeah, just Yeah, it's, cool. it doesn't mean much in the way of like, that we're sure. accustomed to. We expect like there to be a big third act reveal and it doesn't have anything like that. It just has like, if you continue to scratch into it, you'll find some stuff. And that's actually one of the things I really liked about it is, uh, is having that huge setup and having that mystery there. And then the game's kind of like, well, it's actually way deeper than that. This is not just a Dan Brown novel. We're not, that this isn't just like a mystery for mystery's sake. Uh, we're actually trying to say something. And I, I really connected with that in a way that I wasn't expecting. I, I expected to like the game, I just didn't. I really loved it. It's one of my favorite of the year, right? Uh, and it, a big part of it is just that 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 the aesthetic. It is the actual gameplay of, of of solving the puzzles, and it is all that that setup of the mystery that was telling something deeper. That was a very it was a it was a very pretty game. It definitely was a standout in, of the year. But I think we have some probably some better options here. Yeah, kind of so, go through the. List. I think uh, let's talk about Stardew Valley. Do you mm-hmm. play Star, Stardew Valley at all? No, and I should because I freaking love Harvest Moon. This is like yeah. this is one of those games that I meant to. In fact, I probably should have put this on that retro thing I was just talking about, because it's like that retro style. It's right in my alley. I Harvest Moon sixty four was I played that back when it was new, and I it was kind of one of the first real kind of semi games that I really got into uh, at all. You know, it seemed kind of different, like. You know, especially back then, I wasn't playing a lot of games where I wasn't, you know, platforming or, you know, just kind of going to an end of a level. It was also the first game I ever played where my character could marry somebody. <laughs> and like 12-year-old me, it was like, oh, my God, <laughs> I have a girlfriend. <laughs> right? It was just little, and it just sounds like – and like they still make hard smooth games. But a lot of times, but, you know, people say they're pretty good, but it just sounds like uh, Stardew Valley was really kind of – a getting a lot of attention. Think, yeah, Stardew Valley, what it does is it kind of combines all the things you like about Harvest Moon that you were just mentioning, and it and it doesn't, like, abandon any of them. It just sort of builds on top of everything that was already there in a smart and interesting way. Um, and it's just easy to lose hours and hours to that game. I, I, um, I played it a ton in, like, two sittings when I was traveling a bunch, and that's kind of all I put into it. I want to go back to it. 
Um, but I, I'm like, it's it, it, it felt like a new way of doing a retro games. We've gotten a lot of retro platformers. We've gotten a lot of right. Um, you know, uh, uh, Metroidvanias and yes, stuff exactly. like Metroidvania that. and like those uh, the the games where you go and you die and you start over. Roguelikes, roguelikes. Yes, uh, we got a ton of retro games. Yes, you're on you're, you're on it, Mike. We got a ton of those. I think this this kind of uh, opens the door for people to say, well, there's these other genres that were on 16 and 8 bit consoles that we could bring forward and don't have to do much to change them to to make people want to play them again. And I really like that a lot. Do, uh, do you think Stardew it's fair to say Stardew Valley was kind of this year's um, Undertale? I it, I yes, it's in a, I think that it's fair as far as you know. Obviously, very as far, as it, as far as it needs sure. to be, it's not like oh yeah, it's not a one to one thing. No, but, but I, you know I, what, I mean. what, what you're saying there definitely tracks for me. Kind of like um, the indie darling that's like this kind of like uh, kind of quirky, not as quirky as Undertale. Undertale was like, right? You know, it, it was about as quirky as quirky gets, and I think that's right. kind of why some people love it and some people don't get into it. But mm-hmm. yeah, there, there's some similarities there. Yeah. So. uh Let's see. Is there one on this list you want to talk about before we get to the one? Did Did you play Inside? I didn't. I, see, I was I, hoping you could talk about that a little. I did, and I liked Inside, but some people really like Inside. Right. Uh, now this is from the developer that made um, was that black and white? A Limbo. This is the Limbo people. It definitely it's very Limbo esque, right? Yeah. Um, you get that feel like this is kind of Limbo, like. You know, this is like the next step. It's definitely a prettier game. Like, like one of my favorite things that the game did was that it is 2D the entire time, right? But like, all the things on the foreground and the background, like they don't they don't act like they're on a 2D plane. Like things are kind of coming at you or away at you in a way, or like you, you almost just like feel like your character happens to be going down this path. But yeah, that was interesting. But besides that, I mean, aesthetically, it was it was kind of another like, uh, you know. Like like the whole thing going on that you kind of pick up on. It's cool because you know just organically told with no, you know, dialogue or text or anything. Is that you know people are being enslaved by some kind of government agency and you're trying to run away from them and then it just kind of starts getting really weird. You know, it has like a very uh, brave new world or uh, 1984 kind of thing to it, and it's it's a cool thing and it definitely works for that game. I don't know if it was that creative or innovative that you know it sticks out crazily to me. I, it definitely seems like the natural evolution of Limbo to me. When I look at, when, and I haven't played it, but when I look at screenshots and videos, I'm like, I remember playing Limbo, and this looks like, it, yes, it's from the people that made Limbo, and they've put a ton of years into a new game, and this seems like the obvious result of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good game. Right. Um, I don't know if it's you know the best new universe. Yeah. Um, let's see. I I don't think either of us played Abzu. Uh, but mm-hmm. it, it's that underwater sort of Metroidvania, I think. And mm-hmm. it looks cool, but I, I'm, I don't think I'm ever going to be if, the person that loves an underwater game. No, if I was going to talk about some new Metroidvania thing, it'd probably be Owlboy. And that's even then, that's a game I would play it, but just that looks more interesting to me. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. And um, Last Guardian, have you put any time to that? Any nah, time into that? God, man, I feel like I swear I play games. I know, I right? Say no uh, to everything on this. Maybe we're part of the problem. We, we just play we only sequels play sequels. And shit. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Last Guardian feels like a sequel to <laughs> the, the yeah, trilogy or whatever. Sure. Um, and, and it's I, I played it. I reviewed it. I liked it. It's a it's a very solid game. It's you know, especially if you like Ueda games. It, isn't that is that kind of upsetting though? Because like you almost you don't want the you know the the third part of the eco Shadow of the Colossus thing. You don't want to be saying that's a solid game. It was good. It was an eight, right? Yeah. You don't want to say that. You want that to be like, 
like way like a new Zelda comes out or something like that, right? Like it should be a big deal. And, and, and the thing is that the, what's uh, frustrating about the game is that there are parts of it that feel like that. Oh my God, this is like something new. And, that, and it all has to do with your relationship with Trico, which is the big mm-hmm. bird, cat, dog, giant creature that you are interacting with uh, throughout most of the game. Um, and that those interactions feel so much like communication, like actual communication, like the way we communicate with animals now that like you, I mean, mm-hmm. except for Penny, who's just a dumb dog. Yeah. But like when I talk to sure. my cat, um, it, like, it, like, like, like my cat sort of gets a, a few things here and there. It's not as uh, social as some other animals. Sure. But my cat basically kind of can read my emotions and do some things. And he knows when I like want him to come downstairs. Uh, and having, ha- having that click in the game with Trico was special. That was interesting in a way that no other game was this year. No other game really ever but- has been. But outside of that, maybe do right. you think the game still felt pretty similar to what Shadow of the Colossus and Igor were doing? Where yes, maybe it's it felt like a yeah. mashup of those two games, and it was just it, you know, in the end, it's just a puzzle game. Like it's it doesn't really take that communication. That's the thing that's doing it's doing that special, and it doesn't really build on that so much as it's like it's using that as the tool for solving its environmental puzzles, and that feels that was a little disappointing. Not disappointing to the point where it's a bad game by any means. Uh, it's got a bad camera. It has frustrating controls. A lot of the PlayStation uh, 2 problems. Right, exactly. Yes, for real. It felt like a PlayStation 2 game in, in, in those respects. But uh, it's still, um, it, it just didn't it didn't capitalize on the thing it was doing that was so special. And it always kind of makes me hesitate from, you know, really saying, I gave it like an 85, I think, or something. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't want to put it at the top of this list. So. What, yeah, do you, what do you think is kind of next? Is do, Are they going to make it one of those? Or is that it for that whole kind of... It's it's uh, it for like Ueda and yeah. and Sony and that sort of like he'll do something again I'm sure, but it's not going to be on that scale. I mean, th- this is another conversation. This is probably something we should talk about when we get into like when we're looking ahead to 2017. Mm-hmm. Like beyond Naughty Dog, who's making games like that? Like those huge first party single player AAA experiences. It feels like they are. It just feels like it, it doesn't make sense. Uh, except for anyone, except for Naughty Dog, because Naughty Dog just does it so well. That right. Why even try? <laughs> so, um, I, I I did put the division on here at, at the last second. I I think that's it's it's a good military setting. It's a good apocalyptic setting. But I think that's all we have to say about it. <laughs> I, I mean, think so. Yeah, there's not much else to say there. So let's get into it, Mike. Tell let's me about talk Overwatch. about the winner. Yeah, I think this is probably it. So, what what are your thoughts about Overwatch as a as a new gaming universe in a in a universe of sequels it, well it, it works so well right because it kind of has that moba e thing where it's just like it's a cast of characters can almost seem random and it's so many mobas they do right you have like a pirate and a wizard and you know a robot and it's like okay but overwatch it, it, it you know it kind of has a superhero theme but there's this slightly futuristic thing to all of it right like these people all clearly look like they are from the same game in the same universe right. And I think one of the things that makes it interesting is the way that Blizzard has very carefully and slowly doled out any actual information about mm-hmm. characters' backgrounds, about you know where the, what the story might be, what happened in the past. So anytime that does happen, you kind of like learn just a little bit more. Like there's that new Christmas comic, and outside of the whole Tracer thing, there's just like that that collage of like what people might be doing and it was like i was just scanning it being like oh my god torbjorn has a wife and who's who's that letter from that mercy is reading and just stuff like this right it's just like um just just even though it's not a single player game just like in the maps right there's just so much 
interesting detail and the, the universe is so, so yeah. well developed. It yes. just comes through like the animation, like in the emotes and the, you know, uh, the way they just like the poses you can get, all this weird stuff. It's just def. I think it's just definitely the most interesting uh, kind of video game world we've seen in a while. Yeah, what it does is it reminds me that you don't need to have all that, all the cutscenes and the storytelling, or like Street Fighter, like where they have like the snippets at the end, where you when you play like the single player mode in like Street Fighter Two, and it's like, oh, Guile, he uh, avenged his best friend, and it was like two lines, and it's like you don't need that. Like your characters are interesting enough, and Overwatch right. just totally turns into that. It, it's like we're gonna characterize everything. We're gonna every costume decision is gonna is gonna say something about this character. Every way the way they stand, the way they move, like you saying, like you were saying, the emotes, um, and then the world is gonna say something. Like a lot of these, the a lot of the maps are in cities where these characters are from, or they have a, a huge attachment to, and going to those places and experiencing them. Uh, right. you, you learn about the world, you get connected to the world, and you get connected to the characters in a, in a really strong way. And it's, mm-hmm. it is impressive um, to a point where I'm just, I'm, I'm blown away almost like every couple of like times I boot up the game, I, I get reminded of all these small ways that Blizzard's doing something that no one else can really handle. Yeah, just, yeah, the production value just on that game is ridiculous for, you know, the, a team-based shooter, which, you, you, like, when Team Fortress 2 came out, it was, you know, as good as it was, Valve released it as one-third of a package in mm-hmm. the orange box, right? Like, they clearly didn't almost have enough confidence in it in a weird way. Um, it was like, you know, it's just like, yeah, hey, this is part of this. And it's, you know, they did work in it and, and all stuff. But I don't think they did a, as much attention to that as Blizzard did with uh, Overwatch. It's just yeah. crazy how much. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's a story behind that, too, of course. Like, uh, Overwatch started out as the MMO Titan follow-up to World of Warcraft. And it feels like all this world building they did for that, they weren't they weren't married to it in the, to the point where they're like, well, we have to find a way to cram all this story stuff into the game. They're like, no, we're just going to we're going to build those into the characters and we're going to take what we need and we now, can always draw on this more later if we need to. Now that that is what I wonder. Is is that the carryover from Titan? Was it kind of well, the I mean, setting, you think? It but do we do we know that? Well, I mean, I, I, I I'm just we, curious about it. I, I'm I'm pretty sure that it was the the story at the time was the game, Titan was turned into Overwatch. And right, but I I still just always wonder what that well, means exactly. I mean, I think it probably means that a lot of the ideas they had for character classes and stuff like that got put into these characters that we're playing now. But that's not. I mean, obviously that you can't just do that and have like oh well, now we have sure. this amazing first person uh, shooter world that's fun to play. Obviously, Blizzard's doing has their own special magic that they are putting into this stuff that sets it apart from everyone else. Um, right. I almost wonder too if like the fact that there isn't a lot of in-game storytelling helps Overwatch. I mean, it Blizzard helps is it, it helps for me, and I think it also plays to Blizzard's strengths because I I think they are they are good at world building and then at storytelling. Maybe not so much sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like I remember like Diablo three, like just like the story in that per se was pretty bad a lot yeah, of the times it, the writing in warcraft like is not all that good sometimes it, it, even that's gotten better developers. it's most developers like they hire great artists mm-hmm. uh some of the best artists like like the best artists like coming out of school uh one of the highest paying jobs they can get is like working at a developer 
um, especially if they're like a technically trained artist. And so if like you go into this in this business, you're going to end up making games. And, you know, they're not going to – they're also going to be like, well, okay, what does this mean? Like what's the story behind this? Yeah, and I that's think – That's where it's going to fall apart for I, artists. I think Blizzard is kind of old school in that a lot of the people on their staff that are like there as storytellers uh, – were originally like programmers and artists and stuff like that that kind of like were filling in those gaps as needed mm -hmm. like not necessarily people who came from like you know actual storytelling fields yeah. or stuff like that but even Whereas that, now a lot of people are works, you know? what yeah yeah it just never it never works like uh when you get like a dedicated storyteller in a game i i, I mean this is just me i don't i think most gaming stories stink uh there are a few that i think are okay like uncharted 4 i i appreciate i like that story uh i thought the characters were far more interesting. I care way more about the characters than I do the story. And I think that that's the, the, the common thing here among all these you know, really good games where you have characters that you uh, associate with. That's the thing you want to spend more time with. I want to spend more time with, with Tracer and with Torbjorn and all that stuff because they're interesting. I don't really necessarily care about the plots that they get. In right. Game. Yeah. I don't necessarily care like is, you know, oh, are they going to, I don't know, fight the talons right. or something yeah, or something like, happened I mean, yeah but like it almost seems like the plot of this game is like taking place after the actual like war that everyone talks about right mm -hmm. it almost seems like the big event and like the dissolution of overwatch already happened mm -hmm. and it's like okay yeah so yeah we could kind of bring our own stuff to it enjoy these characters and get a ton out of it and i and i think it's like in, in any other year um I don't know. It may might have been a close one uh, among these other games, but in a year when Overwatch comes out, it's just so much far and away better than anything else in terms of bringing something new to gaming. That it, it's clearly the winner of of this category. I think it's funny because the other game that I almost think of here, it doesn't really count, but it's Titanfall too. Because yeah. even though we were in that universe before, you know, and that was a game where it maybe didn't do those things as well, where it was mostly just multiplayer and you even had that single player campaign. But you still didn't really feel invested in any of those characters right. or any really even that world. And Titanfall 2's campaign was like the first thing that actually did make me interested in that like universe a bit. Right. And I, it, a lot of that was like the, the characters. BT was very good. Um, oh, yeah. Things like that. So, uh, but yeah, you're right. It doesn't count. But yeah, Titanfall 2 is maybe like the closest one for me if we were like bringing in like all these games that got released in, uh, in, in 2016. Um. Okay, that wraps up that category. Overwatch is the best new gaming universe in 2016. Um, I, I, we, we predicted that one. I think like if you listen to the episode right before this one, the other games, uh, GB Rewind 2016 episode, the end, I think me and Mike both hint that it was going to win. So, uh, so yeah, no surprise there. And that's going to end today's episode, actually. Uh, we're going to be back tomorrow with the best gaming publishers of 2016 me and mike are going to go over that so i want to thank everyone for listening you can get me on twitter at jeff grubb on youtube at youtube.com forward slash jeffrey grubb and you can always get mike at tolkoto on twitter or, or follow him uh, on gamespeed.com he also has another podcast you can get that on ebpodcast.com or yeah that's right eb podcast exploding barrel uh find it where you catch pods all right everyone thanks for listening um, cutting this one short, come back tomorrow. We'll have more for you for the end of the year. And then we will have our game of the year discussion with me, Mike, Dean, and Jason. We already recorded that. You can listen to that on Friday. Thanks for listening, everybody. Catch you then. Bye.